Hello everyone, this is Michelle. Welcome to our podcast. Hey, I am in West Branch, Michigan at a friend's house, cabin, cottage, whatever you want to call it, uh, on their property. It's a beautiful place. Just absolutely gorgeous. Uh, yesterday I, I was got here in the morning. Um, you know, it was rainy. It rained hard all day long. And I thought, oh no, I'm going to be here for three days. I hope it's not like this the whole time. But man, I woke up this morning in a brand new day and I've just been crazy kind of in this um, reflective creative mode and um, just putting together all kinds of really cool resources for the future. I cannot wait to share with you. Uh, and so, you know, I was kind of looking at, oh yeah, I want to make sure I get my podcast in. And so there's, uh, a few recordings that I've done in the past that as I was kind of searching through things that I've done, I was like, oh my gosh, I want to share this with you. So, um, this next recording that you're going to listen to, um, is talking about simple things that you can do to build positive relationships with other people. So, so really kind of take at least one thing away after you listen and practice and not only just practice, but practice your observational thinking. So for example, when you go out to do one of these tips, um, observe your thinking, where are you at with that? Um, really try to incorporate this in any part of your life. So it can be personal or professional or both. I hope you find it valuable. Uh, and I'm sending lots of love and, and thoughts to all of you who, who listen, especially um, those of you who have been connected to my work for a long time. You understand the importance of me getting away and doing this kind of work. So uh, with that, I release you into the wild. Go forth. Be amazing. Talk to you next time. Bye-bye. All right. Hello, everybody. Um, well, thank you for being here with us tonight. Um, this is a, a sort of teaching call that was offered um, to a group of folks that I was speaking to one night. Um, so I hope that this adds value to you as well. Um, I do see quite a few names that I recognize, so welcome. Um, so the, the purpose of tonight is really to add value to you, um, to really spend the next hour just um, kind of going over some thoughts and ideas. Um, at the very end, I'm going to share a little bit more about Grow by One and the services we offer. Um, I am recording this. I've had several requests from folks that they couldn't make it on the call tonight, but they would like to hear the recording. Um, and this is purely just a teaching call tonight. Um, I do have a hard stop at 9 o'clock. Usually we do questions and answers, but this is just a, a, a teaching call tonight. I will give you my email later, though, so if that's something that you um, would like to touch base with me on, for sure, I'd like to hear your thoughts. Um, also, you know, I've really prepared and thought a lot about this call tonight, um, but really, it's not so much what I say that's important as what you think about when I speak, um, the thoughts that come to your mind. And so... I encourage you to go ahead and take notes because this is something that um, will be of significance to you if it's a thought that you have. Um, we're trying to really change your thoughts into new actions and behaviors. Uh, one of the quotes that I read this week from Napoleon Hill in Think and Grow Rich says that 
One sound idea is all you need for success. So really we're just trying to um, provide you with an opportunity to hear new ideas and um, have your brain come up with a new idea on its own. So I encourage you to take those notes. Uh, so on this call, we're going to, um, I'll share with you three laws of leadership. Um, these come from John Maxwell's 21 Laws of Leadership, uh, and three beliefs that will help you move forward. Um, so really, we're talking about relationships and building connections, um, working with other people in your job, but then also this idea that um, you might be the boss someday, and how do you make all of that happen? So the first law that I'm going to share with you is called the law of influence. This says that leadership is influence, nothing more and nothing less. So a story to kind of kick this off because our brains really, um, we interpret things a lot better when we have a story. So when I became the boss for the first time, um, this was about 12 years ago. Um, I, I had this preconceived idea of what I thought being the boss was, just as I'm sure many of you do. Um, and so when I became the boss, I just started acting out of those preconceived ideas. And um, I did a lot more ordering around of people than I probably should have. Um, but I found out real quick that I had this one teacher um, who was very, very opinionated, very strong-willed, um, but in a quiet way. So she wasn't necessarily out there making a fuss, but if I wanted to make a change and she didn't want to, nobody made the change, no matter what I tried. And it took me a while to figure out what was going on. Um, once I did, though, I thought, hmm, all right, what am I going to do because of, of what I know? And I said, I have a choice to make. Am I going to fight this person? <laughs> am I going to fire this person? Or it, is there some way that I can use this person to my advantage? Now, it wasn't like I was trying to manipulate her at all. That's not what I'm saying. But I realized that this person has a lot of influence on my team. She'd been there the longest. She'd recruited many of the people that were there. And she knew a lot. And so I realized with this person, I needed to be on the same page with her. And so I really made a point of building a relationship with her and asking her opinion and saying, hey, you know, I'm just thinking about this idea. What do you think about that? And really gauging where she was. Now, see, the beauty of it is that when I had that kind of an approach, I was able to not only get to know her and build that relationship, but to help her to understand that I am a trustworthy person and I do care about you because I'm genuine and authentic. And because I did that, this person was able to turn around and basically be my champion. And from that point on, she was the one that made everything all the changes that I wanted to do, she made them happen. And it was her influence that did it. Now, she didn't have a leadership role. She didn't have a leadership position, a title necessarily. 
but she definitely had influence. And so that's what I want to leave you with with this, this point is that leadership is really about influence. It's not about that, that you have your name on the door um, or that people call you boss. Um, your, your goal as the leader is really to help your team work towards a common goal. So it's about a goal, not a role. That, that might be something that you want to write down. It's about a goal, not a role. So as you increase your skills in leadership, which really means communication, the change process, how you get the work done, um, teamwork, those kinds of things, as you're increasing your leadership skills, you're going to be able to naturally increase your influence. When you learn more about people, people in general, and then also people that you work with or work for or are trying to help lead, if you really put it as a, a priority to build yourself up, you're going to be able to naturally increase your influence. So really, we're trying to get to the point where we have cooperation, not coercion, okay? We're not trying to manipulate people. We're not trying to make them do what we want them to do, although in essence, we kind of are. You know, we have a goal and we want to get there, but really, we're trying to value the relationship within that, okay? So that is the law of influence. So the second law I'd like to share with you is the law of addition. This is one of my favorites, actually. Um, this one says that leaders add value by serving others. Leaders add value by serving others. Okay, so story. Um, so two years ago was when I first read this. Well, maybe not first read it because I did read this book quite a few years ago. But I first really took it on to um, kind of make this happen in my life. And so I thought, how can I be intentional in this process? And so I, I was listening to John, and he was sharing this story about how um, his grandson, who was nine years old, was, you know, he, he made a goal to – that day he was going to open the door for as many people as he could and say, have a nice day. Um, so in that very simple nine-year-old way, he was able to plan intentionally how he was going to serve others. And I thought, well, if a nine-year-old can do it, maybe I can do it too. Um, and so I started this process. I got this little pink book. It's not, not more – it's about the same size as my cell phone. Um, and in my pink book, what I do is I write the date, and then either the night before or the morning of, depending on how much time I have, I'll think about my day schedule. I'll write down whatever meetings I have, um, speaking engagements, coaching appointments, um, you know, just the things that I need to do, errands I need to run, that kind of thing. So I write down my daily schedule very simply, nothing nothing big, 
And then I think about who am I going to see there? And who might I add value to by serving? So, for example, um, say I'm going to a meeting. Um, if you've been in, in the business world or the professional world, I should say, for any length of time, you realize that there are, are certain meetings that are better than others. Um, there are certain meetings that really could have been just an email. Um, there are certain meetings that you look at on your calendar and you go, oh, I have to go there again, right? And then there are the other ones where you know, hey, we're going to get some good work done here. So all meetings aren't created equal. Um, so what I do is I think about I'm going to this meeting. What is my purpose here? Am I running the meeting? Am I a participant? Am I just paid to be there for some reason, but there's really no point for me to be there? Because let's face it, that happens too. And so depending on my purpose, it will depend on how I'm going to serve other people. So maybe I'm a participant there, and my job is to just be a good participant, be a good listener, ask good questions, right? Or if I'm running the meeting, maybe I need to think about, okay, how can I really make this a good use of our time? Um, and quite frankly, sometimes you just need a little bit of chocolate, right? This is just one of those things. Um, but then maybe I'm just supposed to be there, and I don't really have a purpose for being there. And so what I'll do is I'll think about, well, who else is there? And who could I sit by? And maybe there's, you know, somebody that I don't know very well. Maybe I can get to know them better, right? So I'm not necessarily doing something for them, but I'm just building that relationship, making that connection, adding value. Um, so that's if I have a meeting. Um, so when, when my kids get off the bus in the afternoon, um, if you don't have children, it's this magical time in the afternoon where it's almost like a tornado and a hurricane um, all come at you at once for about half an hour. And then all of a sudden it calms down again. So I usually make a plan of some strategy that I want to work on when my kids come home. So sometimes it's acknowledging their feelings, you know, just listening and saying, oh, yeah, I can see why that would frustrate you. Or, you know, you look a little down today. Or, wow, you're really excited, right? Sometimes it's paraphrasing. So they'll tell a long story and you say, oh, okay, so I can – I can tell that you really value that, 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 right? Other times it's asking good questions. So paying attention and asking a question that's going to further their thinking. So whatever I might want to work on, that's what I choose. And really it's not even that I'm choosing something to work on. It's that by choosing that one thing to work on, I am able to focus on their them what they're bringing, their conversation, what they're sharing. And so it focuses my brain to go, oh, yeah, pay attention, because it's important, making that connection. Um, now, because I've been doing it so long and intentionally, I'm doing it without even thinking about it. It's become very subconscious for me. Um, so when I go out and get groceries, I'm thinking about how can I touch this person today? Um, can I make a joke? Can I, can I just smile at them? 
um, if I can tell they're having a bad day, can I show them that somebody cares, right? So this is one of those things that you, it doesn't take any money. Um, it doesn't take a lot of know-how. It just takes some intentionality. So think about in your day, how could you make that work and how could you practice that right now? However, you kind of have to practice what you preach as well. And this is where maybe this is more for me, but if you're going to be in a leadership position and you're encouraging your folks to um, serve other people, you have to do it yourself. Um, I had a, an employee that I unfortunately had to fire at one point, and she has kind of come back into my life um, in another form um, with another company. And it was one of those where I had to make a decision. I just say, Michelle, you know, if you really value all people and you really value serving and adding value to others, what are you going to do with this person? And it was one of those moments where you're like, oh, seriously, I really have to do this. Um, but it took me a while, it took me a couple friends to really kind of kick me in the rear and say, come on, you know what you need to do. Um, but, but I did, and, and I started seeing her in a different light. And now, every time I see her, it's a little bit better than it ever was. And so sometimes when I'm trying to add value to this particular person, it's just building that relationship up again, right? Showing her that I really do care. And so think about that as you're walking throughout your day. How can you show others that you really care? So ask yourself this question, why do you want to lead? Do you want to lead so you can gain power, more freedom, more pay because of your ego? Put the focus on other people and not yourself. When you're able to help others and serve others, you not only add value to them, but it's this weird turnaround that it adds value to you as well. And when you're doing that within an organization, it helps the whole organization. So that was the law of addition. Um, the third law I'd like to share is the law of magnetism. The law of magnetism. So this law says that you are, who you are is who you attract. Who you are is who you attract. Who you are is who you attract. Make sure you write that down while I pause for a sip here. So this one, it has kind of two sides to it. Um, so lately, in the last year and a half or so, I've been doing a lot of speaking on um, social-emotional issues, um, working with people from uh, a background of trauma, um, kind of this idea of hurting people hurt people, how do you deal with difficult people, um, that kind of thing, which is an odd thing to talk about. But then I realized everybody, regardless of who you are, where you're at, what you're doing, needs those principles. Um, and many of us need those principles for ourselves. <laughs> um, and so I, I realized 
And this was maybe about six weeks ago. I was speaking somewhere, and once again I was pulled aside, and, you know, I had a long line of people that were basically telling me about their past and all of the crazy and all of the stuff that you're like, yeah, perhaps you should be paying somebody to tell them this. Um, And then I reflected on it later, and I thought, man, the law of magnetism, you are who you attract. And I thought, oh, is this me? Am I a broken, hurting person with issues? And at first I was a little bit insulted. But then I realized, hmm, well, yeah, to a certain degree I am. And I think, honestly, to a certain degree we all are. But why are these people attracted to me? And then I realized, actually, a friend pointed this out when I when I said, hey, I'm kind of struggling with this. And they said, yeah, but, you know, I think they're attracted to your hope. I thought, well, tell me more about that. And she said, you know, you share these stories of your own life, and that's what they're attracted to. But it's the hope in your story when you can say, yes, I've been through all of this, and this is where I'm at now. And I thought, oh, okay, that makes sense. So i got to continue sharing my story of hope. But then there's this flip side of it, is that you also become who you hang out with the most. So somebody said this once, that um, you in five years, you will be the person you are because of the people you hang out with and the books you read. Okay? So you turn into those people who you hang out with. And I thought, hmm, well, here's the thing, is if I hang out with a lot of broken people without hope who are attracted to me, eventually I will turn into them. And so not that I can't hang out with them, but who else do I need to hang out with? And that's when I thought, oh, I need to hang out with big idea thinkers, people who really want to do great things in life and not only have the knowledge and the passion, but have the work ethic and the motivation to do it. And so I deliberately placed myself in positions where those people are at. Um, Now, here's the beauty about it is that I am becoming better because I'm attracted to those big idea, big picture thinkers. But when I go hang out with my new friends over here, they are growing too because they're still attracted to my hope. But now they're also attracted to my newfound love of big ideas and big thinking. So think about who you are. Think about who you want to be. Is who you are who you want to be? Or is there a gap there? Right? So like-minded people are attracted to each other. That's pretty simple. You know, I mean, you you go to some larger cities and you'll notice that um, most like-minded people kind of create their own little place, right? Um, because that's what they know, that's who they know, that's the, the culture, the language, the values and beliefs that they have. Um, so that's normal. Um, but think about it. What do you want? What do you want out of life? What do you really want? 
And are the people in your life facilitating what you want? So, for example, um, if you want to build your own business and that is your heart's desire, that's everything that you want, um, you want to get that going, but you have people around you who don't have that same desire or value or belief, or worse yet, fight against you and try to tell you all the reasons why you shouldn't, well, you are who you attract. And so unless you go out and you find those people who are going to encourage in you to reach your desires and your dreams and your goals, you're going to go right back to whoever is trying to guide you. So really think about that. What do you want, and who are the people who are helping you to get there? And here's the key. When you become a boss, when you become a leader, um, you're in a a leadership role or a position, um, and you want to make changes in your team, you got to look at yourself first, right? There's nothing worse than a leader telling a team member, you need to do this, you need to do that but they're not willing to do it for themselves, okay? So think about yourself first. Are you prepared to do what it is that you're asking them to do? And are you willing? Because if you're not, they won't be, okay? So that is the law of magnetism. So those are our three laws, and I'm going to go ahead and um, share with you the three beliefs that will help you go just a little bit farther than building relationships. So when you cultivate these three beliefs right now, before you even become a leader or before you grow into your leadership role, um, you're going to be more successful. And these are things... Because they're beliefs, they're things that you have to think about and dwell on and practice over and over and over again in order to make sure that they become deep-seated in your subconscious so that they drive your actions, your words, and your behaviors, okay? So there's this term called transmute, transmute, T-R-A-N-S-M-U-T-E. If you look it up, it has many synonyms. Um, one is transform, right? So we are trying to transform these beliefs into your actions, words, and behaviors. So other people see that you truly do believe this, and there's a, a congruence, a matching of your belief with your actions, okay? Because what we know is that all actions and behaviors come directly from beliefs. So think about that. If you're, you're receiving a result from your actions and behaviors you don't want in your life, there's some belief or value that is holding you back. Okay? So the first belief is that relationships alone are not enough. Relationships alone are not enough. So relationships are very important. You cannot be a good leader 
if you haven't been able to form relationships with those you're leading. You can't influence if you don't have a relationship. Um, but even because it's very important, um, it's not the only thing, right? The work still needs to get done. So we can't just sit on the sidelines and, like, give everybody high fives all the time and play games together and sit and chat and have our coffee. Like, at some point, we've got to get the work done, whatever that work is in wherever you're at, right? you got to get something done. Um, so while relationships are foundational, they're not the ultimate goal. So let me tell you a story. Um, a couple of years ago, I was called in to consult with this teaching team. Um, it was a center, and it was a very small center. It only had two classrooms, so two teachers per room and then a director. So there was a staff of five people, right? They come in, and I'm like, okay, guys, what's the problem? And basically, um, the director hated her job, right? Um, and so as I'm going through and I'm listening, I'm realizing by, by asking these questions that the director was somebody who was put in this role because she was the only one with a piece of paper saying she had the credential to do this job. So she, she didn't want to do the job. She didn't have the skills to do the job, and she definitely didn't have the motivation to do the job. So you can imagine how she handled the job. Well, because everything rises and falls on leadership, there were some issues with the rest of the team. And so I said, well, what's the real problem? And they said, well, teamwork. We, we really struggle with teamwork. And as I'm listening, I'm going, no, 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 that's not, that's not really the issue, but okay, all right. Um, and so it took us a while, but I agreed to them, or with them, to um, do the Strength Finder 2.0 test with them. Now, if you've never done a Strength Finder 2.0 test, it, it's actually very eye-opening. I would encourage you to do it. Um, what you do is you, you buy the book. So um, whether you're in the store or online, you buy the book. And um, in the book, it gives you a code. You go on the, the website, enter your code, and you take this test. Now, the test seems really weird, um, but I promise you it is very accurate. And it asks you a whole bunch of stuff, and it gives very quickly, like 20 to 30 seconds on each one. you got to answer right away, so there's no sitting and thinking about it. And as you go through, um, the questions will seem very weird, um, but then at the end you get – your top five strengths. So then you go back to the book and you look up your strengths, and sure enough, it'll explain to you what that means. Um, but then it will also give you examples of jobs that you should be doing and jobs that you shouldn't be doing. Um, it'll give you a little vignette on somebody who has that job. Um, and then, this is kind of cool, it gives you an idea if you are the employer and you have an employee with this skill, what kind of work that they should be doing, which I thought was really interesting. So basically we, um, you know, before I left that first time and they were going to go and take the test, I said, okay, well, you know, who has what skills here? And um, actually, no, so we back up. We discussed as a group and said, okay, the director, um, 
what skills do, does a director need? And that was a really interesting conversation. And so we went through and we figured out the five top skills that a director needed. And so when we came back and met again, I said, okay, director, which of these skills do you have? Well, not surprisingly, she actually had none of those skills, none of those strengths. So here she was in a job she did not want to be in. She had no motivation for, no passion for, no skills or strengths to, and she hated her job. Now, if you go by the law of magnetism, you who you are is who you attract, right? We don't want the same type of people. So now you've got five people who hate their job. And they're telling me as the consultant, our problem is teamwork. So I said, okay, so these are the five, five strengths that you said that the director needs. Anybody have these? Well, guess what happened? One person in the whole team had all five. I kid you not. All five. And I said, okay, why isn't this person the director? And if you've been around long enough, you, you probably know where this is going, but they said because she doesn't have the degree. She doesn't have the credentials saying that she can do the job. I said, okay, so what are we going to do differently because of what we know now? And this is where it got a little weird. Um, I don't know that I would ever tell anybody this. Um, and as a consultant, it was a little tricky. Um, I was a little scared, but I let them kind of lead this, this part of it. And what they came up with was they said, well, she needs to be doing the director's job. But see, here's, here's the kicker. She was an assistant teacher. She wasn't even a lead teacher, right? Um, and so – we had to really talk about, well, what would that look like and how would you do that? And they came up with this plan to support this person to go back to school to get to the credentials for the job that she had secretly wanted the whole time but didn't think that she could do. And as they were going through, this director who didn't want to be a director spent more time in the classroom after she was able to teach this assistant hey, these are some things that you can do right now. And the team, over six months' time, when I came back to do another assessment, oh, my gosh, huge growth, huge growth. And it's because they decided that relationships are not enough. Just because we like each other, we still got to get the work done. And so how are we going to get the work done? And for them, having the assistant teacher in the office who was passionate and had the skills and the strength to get the work done, and the director back in the classroom who had the passion and the skills and the strength for being in the classroom, that's how you get the work done. And over time, they all raised their leadership abilities. Okay? So relationships are foundational but they're not the ultimate goal. And relationship, this is the second belief, relationship building takes two kinds of growth. Takes two kinds of growth. So you need to be able to move toward each other 
and with each other. So moving toward each other and with each other. It's almost like you would take um, uh, two people who are um, far away and you would want to move them closer. And once they're closer and they're holding their hands, now you want them to move in tandem forward towards a goal, right? So um, in, in my um, previous example, um, the getting to know you, the assessment that they did, not only did they get to know themselves, but they got to know each other, um, that was a huge relationship-building thing for them. Um, and it was fun to watch because um, there were members of the team who said, oh, yeah, I could have told you that, or, oh, I've been saying that for years, or, you know, lots of laughing, um, lots of, of, of really kind of poking fun at each other in a, in a good way. Um, that was a fun a fun day, let me tell you. Um, but what happened next was not only uh, relationship, but it was also getting the work done. So the getting to know you, you or each other, that's the, the growing toward each other, right? But what happened next was the growing with each other. And so one of the things that um, happens in education is, um, teachers have to have a professional development plan. Now, how this plan gets done is uh, very different depending on where you're at and who the boss is and what their interpretations of the rules are. Some places I go and it's the boss saying, you're really low in these areas, go to this training. Um, sometimes you have an enlightened leader um, that will say, hey, what would you like to do? And, okay, let me go find those trainings for you. Um, very rarely, but if you're really, really lucky, you'll get a leader who realizes that um, it's not professional development as much as it is personal development. So they'll look at it and say, okay, where do you want to grow? What do you want to know? How can I help you do that? And then they'll go and they'll find books or podcasts or webinars or make a meeting, um, in some way they'll find um, an environment for that person to really grow, most often in an area that may not be typically deemed as a professional growth area, nothing having to do with their job. However, we also know that when you participate in these activities, that you're able to grow the person as a whole, and that's important too, right? So I say that because this group got together, and um, they were kind of co-creating these professional development plans. And as they were doing this, they realized that a couple of them had certain strengths that they really wanted to enhance that nobody else did. And so they said, you know what, this is really important. We're going to go to this conference. And somebody else said, ah, you know, that just doesn't hit my fancy. But this book, this book would be really cool, right? And so they were able to also look and say, hey, you know what, Susie, um, I saw this over here, and I know that you had said before that this was something that you were interested in. What do you think? And, of course, Susie was like, oh, my gosh, that's perfect for me, right? So the getting to know you part was like, hey, I know you enough to say, why don't you go to this? 
Well, then what was really exciting is that they would all go their separate ways, but then they would come back and they would share the highlights about what they learned. And then they would have these discussions about, oh, yeah, you're right. That's a really important concept, and we really should be integrating that into what we're doing. So how are we going to do that? And each person was able to kind of come up with a part of the next action steps. And they were creating investigations, things that they wanted to learn. Um, and it was really neat to see that it wasn't just just a relationship-building exercise, but it was also a way for them to grow together, even with their personal strengths represented. And see, the beauty is that when I have a passion and I go somewhere and I learn more about my passion, my desire, and I come back and I share with the group, the group is going to catch my passion and desire, even if it's something that they don't really want to do or that they're good at. And that is going to help create positive change. Okay? So we want people to grow toward each other and also to grow with each other. If you don't grow together, you will grow apart. If you don't grow together, you will grow apart. It would be very easy for that teaching team to say, you know what, I'm going to go do my own thing and not come back to the group and teach that. It would be very easy for people in that group to go, okay, yeah, that was your thing, but this is my thing. But when you can come together and you can grow together, that is what's going to help you grow. Because really we want our teams to grow and not just sustain, right? We want them to gain ground, not just defend what we have. That's a real key point in, in uh, personal group and organization growth is you always want to be saying, what's next? Gaining ground. Not just looking and say, okay, I'm happy with where I'm at. We're good. You don't have to grow anymore, right? You could be happy with your team and say, hey, we have great teamwork. Hey, we, um, we all really like each other. We go and hang out, you know, at the bar afterwards, and we, we just have conversations all the time. And, okay, that's great, but what are you doing to grow together? What are you doing to get the work done? So it can't just be about relationships. The third belief. The third belief says that you need to be willing to sacrifice relationships for the vision. Willing to sacrifice relationships for the vision. Okay, now remember we just said relationships are foundational. So how can we go back and have this other side of it that you're going to sacrifice a relationship for a vision? What, what is that all about? So going back to that um, employee that I fired years ago, um, so I didn't know it at the time because it was a blind spot for me. I'm sure if I asked my, my husband, my best friends, or even my kids, they could have told me that because that's how blind spots work. Everybody else knows them but you. Um, 
my blind spot back then was that I was a people pleaser. Um, maybe not so much anymore, um, but then it was it was a real problem. So here's the thing that happened. Um, there was a situation. Um, this person had been on a corrective action plan for quite some time, um, and I was getting some feedback from other people that um, basically what they were going to do was take their kids out of our program and then bring them back the year later, all in the effort to not have their kids be in this person's classroom. Okay, so when parents are telling you that, you know you have a real problem because it's no longer just about, hey, you're not doing this my way. Um, and the problem was that this person was not willing to change, okay? And at that time, I don't know that she was capable of it. Um, that's a whole other issue. But long story short, she was not making the change. And I, because I'm a people pleaser, was trying to please her. <laughs> I wasn't thinking about all of the other people I needed to please, right? Um, and I wasn't thinking about the greater vision of the organization. And so, unfortunately, we came to a situation where um, because of this person and her issues, um, we had a child who was injured um, in her care or actually neglect. Um, and because of that, this child ended up having to go to the hospital, had some internal injuries, and it was a real problem. Um, and it became a problem for everybody at that point. It was no longer just about this person in her classroom. It was the whole organization, the future of the organization, and the business. Um, and, you know, thankfully, by the end of that day, um, things were resolved, and that person was let go, um, and she went on to bigger and better things. Um, I'm sure she's learned a lot of things on her journey, right? I know I have. Because what I learned was you can't please people at the expense of where the organization is going. Because this one person can't drive the organization. If you have a big picture in mind, a big goal, a vision, a great important work to be done, and you allow one person to hijack that, that's your fault as the leader. So, Relationships are important, but don't let it be at the sacrifice of your vision. Um, if achieving the big picture vision is worth building the team, it's also worth risking relationships. If achieving the big picture vision is worth building the team, it's also worth risking relationships. So you're building this team, you've got this huge grand work that's bigger than you, and you're putting the time and the effort into building those relationships, finding out about people, uh, finding their strengths, where do they fit in, how are we going to get this work done together? How are we going to grow together? That's a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of resources. 
that are put into building your team so you can get the work done. So if you're going to put all that time and money and resources into getting your vision completed, how can you allow that one person who is trying to hijack you to take control? They're like a bank robber who's coming in to steal everything in your account. They're like a person who's jumped on your bus that you not only filled, that took you a long time to fill with passengers who all have the same vision, and you all know where you're going together. And you've got your plan, and you've mapped everything out, and you are growing and going together. And all of a sudden, this person comes up and takes the wheel and turns you around. And everybody on the bus is looking at you going, hey, what's up with that? Right? So sometimes you got to sacrifice that relationship to do what's best for the team. Here's what you need to do. When these kinds of situations come up, you have two choices. One, you can shrink your vision and make it smaller. Or two, you can stretch the people. Okay? When you've got that really big vision, are you going to shrink it down to fit the people you have? Are you going to stretch the people you have to fit your vision? And let's face it, I've done some consulting the last six weeks or so, and I tell you what, there is this magic question that you need to be aware of, that sometimes we get down to the point where we have done everything we possibly could to help this person find the right place to give them the skills and the resources that they need to do their job, to really help them as a whole person to be capable and willing to change and move along towards that vision. But let's face it, every now and then we've got one person that we have to ask this magic question to, okay? So get ready to write this one down. And I know a couple of you on the line right now, you're going to want to write this question down, I promise you. So let me ask it right now. Do you want to keep your job? And I know a couple of you are are probably laughing right now, but listen to that. Do you want to keep your job? Because sometimes that's what it takes. If you're sitting across the table from somebody and you ask them that question, you have made it ultimately clear what this conversation is about. There's no hem-hawing around. There's no interpretation to it. There's a yes or a no right? Yes, I would like to keep my job. Okay, you answer yes. Now, as as the, the leader, I'm going to look at it and say, okay, if that is the case, this is what I need to see from you. Now, tell me, how can we make that happen? Because I'm here to support you. I'm here to help you in whatever way I can, but this is what I need to happen, right? All right, now, what if they say no? Because quite frankly, some people are acting out because they want to be fired, whether they know it or not. And maybe when you ask them that question, 
and they finally hear their subconscious answering no, it's almost like you're giving them permission to do what they've been thinking they needed to do all this time. And so if the answer is no, you say, okay, great. What do you want to do? Where do you want to go? What do you want to do with your life? And how can I help you do that? Okay, so we're not just kicking somebody to the curb. We're showing them, you know, I still I still really care about you. We've built this relationship up. I care about you as a person, right? You see where this is not a people-pleasing thing? We tend to think if I'm trying to please people, I'm really having a good relationship with them. And that's actually the farthest thing from the truth. When you can come to this um, conversation with this magic question and really tell somebody, hey, I'm here to support you. Whatever you want to do, let's make it happen. I'll do whatever I possibly can, right? That's actually having a really good relationship with somebody. But you're also communicating to them that they are not the important one in this equation, that the team is more important. So think about that. Is there somebody that you're working with now and I see at least one person on my list here that I know, and you know, um, there's at least one person that you're working with that you need to ask that magic question. And here's the thing. You don't know the answer. You, you might think that you do, but you don't know the answer until you ask the question. Because somebody might, who you think might really want to leave might say, oh, no, man, I really want to keep my job. Oh, okay, well, now it's just a matter of working it out and figuring out what do we need to do to make that happen. And other people who you're sure want to keep their job, but you think, man, there's something just not going right here. Well, maybe it is that they really want to leave, but they haven't been able to give themselves that permission. But you won't know until you ask the question. Okay? So those Three beliefs, relationships alone are not enough. You have to actually get the work done. Relationship building takes two kinds of growth. You're growing toward each other and you're growing with each other. And you need to be willing to sacrifice relationships for the vision, right? So... All of these three beliefs, these are things that you can think about now, whether you have a role or, you're, or not. Um, so let's say you're, you're in a small group, maybe in a college class, and you realize that, um, you know, you're building great relationships, but yet your group isn't really going anywhere. Well, maybe it's time to take it to the next level, right? Or maybe you're trying to get to the point where you're getting stuff done, but you don't have the relationships. And so, therefore, you can't really get stuff done until you build those relationships. And then are you growing toward each other and with each other? Think about that, especially if you're in a relationship, right? If you're in a relationship, um, you know, in the beginning of a relationship, we grow toward each other, like, oh, yes, we're we're really finding out who each other is and, and what our strengths and skills are and, um, you know, what we like and dislike about each other and 
that kind of thing. But then if you settle in and you don't have any growth together, you end up growing apart. And so I encourage you that if you're in a relationship right now and you're not growing together, first of all, figure out why not. Why not? What's holding you back? Is there something there that needs to be addressed? And once you figure out the why not and address that, then you figure out where can we grow together? Is there something that we both like to do? Is there something new that we both want to try? Grow together. And be willing to sacrifice relationships for the vision. So let's face it, there are some people in our life who will do whatever they possibly can to keep us from achieving our goals. While we love them dearly and we wish the best for them and we want to be in their life and have them in our life and be a partner, there are some people that we have to give the permission to walk their own way. So really think about that. Is there some goal or vision that you're trying to reach? but somebody is just holding you back. They're resisting. They're fighting against you. Maybe you need to have a frank conversation and say, hey, man, this is what I'm noticing, and see what happens. I don't know. Think about that. So i got a couple questions for you. How good are you at serving other people? How about inspiring them? How about growing yourself? Okay, serving, inspiring, and growing yourself. Build these skills right now. Do not wait. Know others so that you can know how to get to similar goals. Know others so you can formulate a growth plan. Know others so you can reach a common vision and so you can know how to stretch them because it's about growing them as well. So that has been um, basically my presentation to you tonight. Um, I have a few other things I'd like to share with you before we go. Again, this is just a teaching call, so this was, um, if you have any questions or comments or concerns, anything you'd like to share at all, please feel free. Um, on most of my teaching calls, I do go past an hour, but tonight I have that hard stop at 9 o'clock. So um, other calls, yes, by all means, jump in and ask those questions. Um, but tonight I'll need you to share them by email. And if you've not sent me an email before, um, it will be at growby1.com. So that's grow, G-R-O-W, by, B-Y, and the number one, grow by one at gmail.com. Feel free to shoot me an email at any time. Um, but my question to you is, do you need a thinking partner? Do you need a thinking partner? Do you need um, a person in your life that's going to help you dream, that's going to help you build skills towards a goal, who can help you be more intentional and who can keep you accountable to the things on your own growth plan. Do you need somebody who's going to be 100% all in for you and you achieving your full potential, whatever that might be? 
uh, a person who is only concerned with your success and who is only there to meet you where you are at to attend to your individual goals in a positive and strength-based manner. If this sounds like something that you're interested in, that person is called a coach. Okay? So typically in my coaching sessions, um, they last about 30 minutes a week. Um, they're usually done by phone. Um, and I can do a combination of coaching, mentoring, accountability. Um, really depends on what you're looking for. Um, but the, the main focus is that this is your plan wherever you are, okay? Um, so there's no predetermined goal on my end. There's nothing I'm trying to teach you. I'm literally just being your thinking partner and helping you along on your journey. Because you remember from that very first um, couple minutes that I shared that quote from Napoleon Hill that says, one sound idea is all you need for success. Sometimes when you're in a coaching mentoring session, it comes from the coach or mentor. Most often, it comes when a coach asks you a question and you answer from your subconscious and you realize that's what you felt all along. So a thinking partner helps you pull the ideas out from yourself. So if this is you and you are interested in coaching in any way, um, because you are on this call tonight, um, and some of you are already my coaching partners, this isn't for you, you know that. Um, but because you are on this call tonight, I am offering you three free half-hour coaching sessions. So a coaching session once a week for three weeks for free. All you need to do is email growbyone at gmail.com before midnight tonight. Okay? Before midnight tonight. So email me, just say free coaching, and just in the message say, hey, I'm interested in this. Please tell me who you are. <laughs> Maybe put your, your email, your phone number on there. Um, really, I would love to be your thinking partner and see you succeed at whatever it is you determine is success for you. So I thank you for being on the call tonight. I truly hope that you have been enlightened, um, whether it be by my words or most often by the thoughts that you have as I'm speaking. Um, but don't just have your notes. Really take some time, reflect on this, and determine, what am I going to do differently because of what I know now? Okay? What am I going to do differently because of what I know now? Make a change, okay? So with that, I release you um, out into the wild. Go forth and prosper. Have an excellent week, and blessings to you all. Good night.